0: Welcome to Bear Bow Hunter Podcast with your host, Nate Bailey, where we look to the ancient paths of our hunting ancestors to guide our future, where woodsmanship and hard work outweigh advanced shooting devices, where we value those who have gone before us and welcome those who are yet to come. Join us as we exchange valuable insight about the Bear bow Hunter's lifestyle. welcome to this edition of barebow hunters podcast this is a controversial controversial subject um and it has to do with arrow recipes everybody seems to have one everybody seems to have an idea about how they should uh perform and everybody um it it, kind of holds to their own uh ideas and preconceptions about arrow flight and arrows and uh I just kind of want to come on here I've been doing a lot of research in this because arrow has the your arrow has a lot of effect and the weight of that arrow and the type of the arrow has a ton of effect on how your uh, bow is going to perform or how your equipment is going to perform and the trajectory of that arrow the projectile itself has a lot to do with the trajectory now Realize when, when we're going through this discussion, we're leaving out all of the things that drag on an arrow, um, you know, like shaft size um, vein size or or fletching size and uh, Broadhead size and all that stuff. We're leaving all that out. We're just going with straight um, Weight and speed and uh, that's one of the big things here now Some people, uh, I I asked this question on barebow hunter, uh, on the group barebow hunters. If you haven't joined that Facebook group, it's a pretty good group to go over and discuss these things on. Uh, we try to keep it real civil over there. Sometimes that doesn't work, but we really try to, but, um, I asked this question over there and it was amazing how many different answers I got and, uh, answers that I don't think people really have thought over. I think, uh, they just went off of a lot of, Uh, preconceived ideas from over the years and uh one thing i found out about traditional bow hunting is there's a lot of ideas out there that really don't exist in reality and so that's kind of why i want to come on here and um, talk a little bit about this because of um we've had a pretty good resurgence in traditional bow hunting and and it's a good thing but at the same time i think it's brought a lot of people into um, bow hunting that were rifle hunters or compound hunters and used to shooting long distances. And um, I'm, I'm really a proponent of getting close. And that's why I shoot a real heavy arrows. Because I, I don't see any advantage to having a lighter arrow. Some people say, well, then I could shoot 40 yards with my lighter setup. And and I'm, I'm going to talk a little bit about that today. Because the numbers, unless they're super used to that arrow drop. Um, man, I'm telling you, it's, it's tough to shoot past 25 yards with a trad bow. And some guys are gonna, and I'm okay. I, I have to preface this. It's tough to shoot past 25 yards with a trad bow without some kind of sighting system. So if you're if you're doing what they call instinctive, you know, and, and people argue there is no true instinctive, but if if you if you're shooting a bare bow, no sights, and um, you're shooting it at distances, um, I'm gonna show you guys uh how much aerodrop there is past 25 yards and i've done that th- using these uh aeroballistic calculators and it's physics <laughs> you can't change these numbers um the only thing that's going to change between what i give you and and what's going on is the fact that you know different fletchings and and different uh arrow diameters and and winds and things like that are going to affect it right so but that's not what we're talking about here today. What we're talking about here is just weights. And um, I'm going to talk a little bit about that, but before we even jump into that, the traditional bow hunting world. And the the only reason that I'm, I'm actually going to bring this up is, um, bow hunting when, when it was brought into seasons was bow hunting. It was not traditional bow hunting. There weren't any compounds when, uh, and I'm talking mainly from my experience here in Oregon. Um, compounds came on you know a few years after the bow hunting um after the bow hunting um seasons were were created so bow hunting in itself was pretty much a stick bow thing and the reason that i'm coming on here is because i see a trend within bow hunting um to where we're getting better and better and better and more and more and more um ways to shoot long distances and um, I'm not against shooting long distances. Um, the problem is, is the, the the seasons were set up for a primitive type, close range, getting close hunt. Um, and our success rates are just going up and up and up with our with our new gear. It's going up. Now, with that said, I think there's also some misconceptions about what a traditional bow will do. So. This is speaking more towards traditional bows and arrow setups and why um, I believe in heavy arrows for one. Uh, I'm going to probably make my point for heavy arrows here pretty quick, but um, also I'm, so I'm doing two different things here. I'm making a point for heavy arrows with your traditional bow setup. And I'm also making a point for um, bow season was set up with like a 25 yard, 30 yard idea in mind. And three, um, modern compound bows are creating some, uh, they're they're creating less opportunities for bow hunters. And I know this is all controversial, but we have to speak, talk about it. And I'm not trying to tear down. This is not trying to divide the hunting community. Um, Every time we bring this stuff up, people are like, oh, you're trying to divide the hunting community. I've commented on (laughs) <laughs> a very famous bow hunters post. He shot an animal at hundred yards and I commented that it was, um, it, it wasn't responsible. And I, and I still hold by that, by the way. And what I mean by that is, um, when we start sh- and, and he could do that and the equipment can do it. And he's very capable of doing it. And I don't think that he understood what I was saying when I said it was irresponsible. But what I mean when it's irresponsible is that we are now pr- promoting bow hunting as a long-range sport. 100 yards is long-range. Um, getting within 50 yards is long-range. I could get within 50 yards of a lot of really good black bucks. I, I do it every year. Um, if you guys haven't seen some of the videos that I've, I've put out on on YouTube, uh, black tail hunting on the ground, I get within 50 yards of a lot of them. The same people that I've told about the hunting ground that I hunt with their compounds go up there and, and kill deer all the time. But breaking that 50 yard range is super tough and getting to 25 yards where, where I'm, uh, feel like my equipment is actually, um, lethal is super tough. And, and that's, that's why I'm, I'm going through this is I I want to, uh, I want to try to discourage this long-range bow hunting, and the reason is because we're just going to continue to lose. Um, we're going to continue to lose opportunities if they allow us to hunt deer in the rut uh, with our bows. And there's a lot of people that just do not even hunt rifles anymore because they know that it's probably going to be easier for them to get a big buck, uh, especially blacktails. I'm talking strictly back blacktails here with um, their compound bow rather than a rifle because just the bucks aren't moving during rifle season. And so um, they're able to shoot at these ranges and and they don't have to burst that bubble of, you know, 50-yard bubble of the animal's um, protection range. And it's just going to continue to build on itself and escalate. And we're we're, we're at a general season right now, but um, if if our success rates keep going up, um, it's probably not going to continue to be a general season. And, and that's the biggest reason that I got into bow hunting 40 years ago was I like to hunt. I like to spend time in the woods. And, um, so it extends my season, it extended my season. I, you know, I was used to hunting before I got into bow hunting. Um, I was used to hunting a week, a year, you know, you, you typical rifle season or week and a half typical rifle season. And it just, and usually it was over within you know three days but um the reason i switched to bows i just like being around more animals i like the adventure of it um i would rather not get an animal and have some really epic experiences for three or four weeks and and not get an animal than go out shoot an animal on the first day um and I know there's going to be people calling me all sorts of weird things and say, well, you don't kill that many animals and this and that and all these things. Um, but at the same time, um, that's what I like to do. And I think that's the reason that a lot of bow hunters were getting into bow hunting back in the day is because they like to be interacting with the with the world around them longer and uh, want to spend time in the woods, more time in the woods. And, uh, you know really wanted to test themselves against the cunningness of the animals. And so we were given seasons where we could actually do that in. And, and you know, we're given elk season when they're bugling and we're given um, uh blacktail season when they're in the rut, uh, you know, when the big bucks actually do come out, when they're not just, you know, in some dark canyon hiding under a bush all day long and uh, becoming very nocturnal. So we were given these opportunities and if we, um, get our equipment to be muzzleloader range, um, these opportunities are going to go away. So, uh, I think we'll go over some of these arrows now. And then, so that's my little soapbox. And that's the reason that I wanted to come on here and just talk a little bit about aerodynamics and, and how we're supposed to look at, um, the way that things were set up compared to the way that things are now. And they're going to continue just to grow. I mean, it's just going to get easier and easier. That's how industry does things, and um, you know nowadays there's not a whole lot of difference, other than the fact that you have to pull the compound back, um, you know bef- before the as the animal's coming or whatever. But there's not a whole lot of difference between a compound anymore and a crossbow. And um, I know I said it, <laughs> and it, but the problem is, is um, it's true. It's true. Another thing that I'm finding. And last year, especially as I know of like nine bulls that were hit last year and not recovered and it's people taking long shots and, and, and it's because of social media and people watching these guys that are really, you know, really dedicated to their shots that are killing animals at at long distances. But these guys are only, you know, they practice three weeks before they go out or, or even three months, you know, whatever, but they're not, um, then they're not paid to hunt for one. They're not hunting all over the world. They don't have a bunch of kills under their belt, but they watch these guys that are, and when they watch them, um, then they try to emulate what they're doing and, uh, they don't have the experience to do that. So that's, that's some of the reason that, um, I'm coming on here is I want to show the arrow effects and the trajectories and how, um, I think that the whole game has changed since the way it was set up. And I think that's going to come back to bite us in the butt. So with that said, let's jump right into these arrows. I will jump in with my setup first. And I shoot the typical, um, oh, I don't want to say typical. I shoot the 650 grain setup from Grizzly Stick, and I believe in it. Um, I made a horrible shot. Now, okay, let me preface this. You can make a horrible shot at 20 yards. You can make a horrible shot at 10 yards. You can make a horrible shot at a hundred yards. The thing is, is you still got to get, if, if you're, if, if you're hunting elk and, and I was called out on this because I said that was a, um, this, this member that I, I saw his hundred yard shot on Instagram. And I said, this is irresponsible. I was called out. He knew of a bull that I hit bad and I hit that bull bad at 10 yards. Right. And so, and, and it's true. I mean, you could hit, make a bad shot on anything, but that wasn't my point. And, and I, my point is, is accidents happen. That's, that's, that's true. But I still had to burst that 25 yard bubble. And so there was a lot of hunting skill that went, that was involved in that. Even though the shot was off, um, because I, it was a timing error. It wasn't what it was, my arrow went exactly where I aimed the bull moved. It was a timing error on my part. Um, but that's, that's here and there. My point was, my point was, is we're not teaching people how to shoot long range at animals and, and we're not going to degrade the season of the, of, uh, or opportunities by showing people how to shoot long range. And then another, another one of my points is, is if I'm showing people how to get within 25 yards of elk, um, it's less likely that they're going to make bad shots and, and probably less. We won't see nine bulls in a season get killed or get uh, hit without being killed or found. Um, that was my point. My point was is people are going, if, if you're gonna, if you're going to be a uh, influencer, Understand that that's influence, and the guys are like, "Well, I don't. I'm not an influencer. I just put myself on social media." Well, guess what? If you're shooting a hundred yards, you're Olympic champion, and people see that you're influencing their thoughts, and they're and they're shooting the same equipment you are. Um, they're just not as good as you are. Then you, they're going to follow suit, and that's that's my problem is is it's one thing to go out and I watch guys shooting a hundred yards on 3d targets all day long. And I think it's a great way to practice. I think you should shoot long when you're practicing, but to go out and do it in a hunting situation. And, um, it just, it, it puts a, we got a lot of new bow hunters, a lot of guys that come over from, uh, rifle hunting and, um, it just puts in their head that this is the way that bow hunting should be. And that's hence we lose, Nine. I know of nine last year. And I know of a couple that were found um, Oh, quite a bit afterwards, like the next week that died. So if we keep doing this, man, and, and hopefully those people tagged them when they found them dead, because then that gives the management objectives um, that they know a little bit more about what's going on out there. But um, I kind of wonder if that was the case. But um, bow hunting was set up and I'm going to show you this bow hunting was set up different than what it is now. And it's going to, I'm still on my soapbox here, 16 minutes into this thing and I'm still on my soapbox. Some of you guys might've already turned it off because you're, you you do not want to hear it. But um, I'm telling you Oregon has already lost opportunities. We're going to draws all on the Eastern side of the state. We fought really hard to keep some of that open. And we fought really hard to keep the Cascades from being split because of this, and it's because of this. So I'm really passionate about it because I started bow hunting for one purpose and one purpose only, and that was to keep me in the woods longer, because I love being in the woods and I love hunting animals. Um, the shot and the kill isn't the only thing; it's the it's a very little part of this. And so, I. I, I, and I know that doesn't sell and I know that's not popular and I know that that doesn't make good Instagram feeds and I know all this, but it's the adventure that I'm after. It's the time outdoors that I'm after. And I, that's how, that's what most bow hunters were doing back in the day. So with that said, um, this is a pretty traditional setup, the one that I'm running and um, I'll show you why that I say that these arrows are, uh, um, a different subset of, of what bow hunting looks like. And, and, um, well, I only go out to 40 yards, but you'll see what I'm talking about with the trajectory out to 40 yards. I, I, I don't even run it to a hundred yards cause you'll see how much difference there is in, uh, some of these ideas. So. I'm running my setup. I'm running a 650 grain, um, grizzly stick. And I got, uh, three, four inch veins or veins. I got four inch fletches on the back. I'm going to run some, probably some trad veins. There's some new stuff coming out. Um, and I'm going to, I'm going to play with that stuff and see how it works out. But, um, and the reason is not so much for, yeah, here I am talking about technology, but, um, It's for rain uh, basically is is the rain rains rains kind of a pain in the neck for us trad bow hunters Um, especially my neck of the woods and especially the way i do it if it it wouldn't be so bad if you're sitting in a tree stand you can keep protected or you're sitting in a blind but if you're on the ground man trying to keep your feathers protected or it's a pain and i'm uh, so i'm running a 650 green arrow and 156 uh feet per second coming out of the bow now the momentum is speed times um is speed times weight is the momentum numbers so momentum is really what kills animals it's not kinetic energy um kinetic energy is is something that kind of gives you an idea of what your bow um,'s power is but momentum is your your downrange um killing power how much it's going to push through that animal so when we look at arrows, we really should be looking at momentum. Um, we're not rifle hunters. We don't care about kinetic energy. Uh, rifles kill with energy. We kill by getting through the animal and cutting as many arteries as we can. So we, we want high momentum numbers, and um, we want that to carry you know quite a, quite a ways down range. And the way you do that is with a heavier arrow. Or you could go faster too. Speed um, affects. So there's always a trade-off with everything you do here. Speed always affects your momentum as well. But I'm going to run some numbers for you and kind of show you a little bit. So I'm running the 650 grain arrow. And just for purposes of keeping everything straight, in the calculator, to ask you where your arrow zero is. I just put 20 across the board. Um, I don't know what my arrow zero is. I don't even know. I don't shoot. Sights, so I I don't have a clue but this will give you a little bit of an idea of how much an arrow is going to fall and uh, what your arcs going to look like so if shooting this setup at 156 um, feet per second which is pretty slow right but I'm shooting 26 inch draw weight uh, uh, draw so I'm shooting a short draw uh, my bows are right in around you know 54, 55 at that draw rate, but they're not the most efficient there. Um, Wade's bow is probably the most efficient bow that I've shot at my draw weight, um, and that's that little Mongol that I shoot because he designed it for my draw weight, and it, I'm picking up probably I'm I'm close to 160 with that bow. Um, so it, that's the little Mongol, and that's kind of the cool thing about having somebody build you a custom bow because it's going to be built for your draw weight. There's another guy that Wade builds bows for, and he's got a draw length of like 31 inches. And he's shooting some phenomenal speeds with these heavy arrows, like up in the one eighties. And, uh, that's, that's just phenomenal. Um, and, and again, you know, he's got his bows custom built for his draw weight. That's, that's another reason you guys, now when you're getting into it, um custom bows are probably a thing that you really don't have to get into. Go to 3 Rivers, get one of those kits and get started that way. Excuse me, my voice is <clears throat> I got to get some coffee every so often my voice is uh drying out, but um go over and get one of those kits and start that way. Um you know and that'll get you in the ballpark. But once you get to where you start getting dedicated to traditional archery, you're going to want to get a custom bow. Um to where you, you get your draw the most efficient and the bow design the most efficient. I could shoot short bows, which is awesome because of of the way that my short draw is and how I shoot. Um, some guys can't. So it, it's it's one of those things when you talk to a custom bowyer, that's that's reason you go there. But I'm zeroed at 20 yards with my arrow set up. And again, I'll say it again, it's a 650 grain arrow. At 156 um, uh, feet per second and my momentum is 14.49 and uh, that number is kind of uh, I think it's what feet per second times weight and that and I can't remember exactly what they call the the end result but that's the number you get doing that so at zero <clears throat> which we called 20 yards, remember? I said, even though I don't know anything about that. Um, at 20 yards, I'm at zero inches. So my arrow's hitting right, coming out of the bow, and that's where it's sighted in at 20 yards. And, and that's a fake number when you're talking traditional bows because we don't have pins. But it's it's to keep everything... Um, oh, when, I, when I run the numbers, I'm keeping everything standard that way. So at 25 yards, my arrow is dropping 9.6 inches. So 25 yards, my arrows dropping 9.6 inches. Now, um, until it gets there, it's on the rise until it gets to 22. So like at 13 yards, it says that I'm at, or, or 12 yards is the highest point. Actually 11 yards is the highest point. It says I'm seven inches high at 11 yards. So if you take that and add, um, 25 yards. So seven plus nine. So you're looking at, um, about 16 inches drop in that setup that I have at 25 yards. Okay. Now that's, um, I don't, (laughs) it's easy for me to compensate for. I don't know how, um, I've been shooting a lot and I've been shooting grizzly sticks for a long time. And I've been shooting a 650 grain for a long time. But that um, that that much drop, so that's, you know, 16 inches at 25 yards is quite a little bit when you really think about it. But here's where the numbers really jump out. If I look at 35 yards, and, and this is if it was 0 to 20, from 20 at 0, at 35 yards, my arrow drops 40 inches. 40 inches. So if you add that seven, that's 47 inches that you have to compensate for at uh, 35 yards. So that's only 10 yards more than 25 yards. Right. And look at how much that arrow is dropping. So you really drop off after 25. And, and I'll tell you what, this is true with every bow. Now the amount of drop off is different, but this is true with every bow. And when you start talking traditional bows, it's a lot of drop. So, Guys that are shooting like thirty-five yards um, have to be exceptional. If they're shooting instinctive, they got to be exceptional. They got to they got to be able to to factor in that forty-nine inches of drop. Now some people are like, well, I use a four-hundred grain arrow, and that's our next one here. I use a four-hundred grain arrow, and I'm shooting one hundred sixty-five feet per second because that four-hundred grain arrow's um, you know not not as not as far um, or that is that 400 grain arrow is not as heavy so it's not going to drop as far and uh the funny thing is is they are shooting so if you're shooting a 400 grain arrow at 165 feet per second your momentum's only 9.49 that's coming from 14 with the 650 grain arrow now let's take a look at the numbers here um that arrow does shoot flatter if we're zeroed at 20 and we go to 25. It only drops eight. um, It only drops eight inches from 20 to 25. Now you add in the high and you're talking um, eight inches plus uh, six. So you're talking 14 inches. And what what was it I said that the drop was on the 650? It was like uh, 19 inches, right? So you're talking five inch difference between an arrow that has um between an arrow that has only only nine uh the momentums at nine compared to 14. and so you're you're talking about something that um really you're, you're limiting yourself now how much momentum do you need that's always a question too that depends on if you make a crud shot like i did if I was shooting this 400 grain arrow on that elk, that last elk I killed, I would have not got that elk. I I, I just guarantee you, um, that arrow would have not penetrated and broke that rear leg. I that so just to give you a little bit of instance, and you guys could go watch it on YouTube. Um, I think it's it's termed. Did we just kill two bulls in the down in the bottom or something like that, or we had to pack two bulls out or something like that? Anyhow, if you just go peruse the life outdoors youtube channel you'll see it but one of the big things was um the only way that that bull did not take off and and is because my arrow went all the way through and broke his back hip it broke (laughs) the pelvic bone and that's because i shot him with a heavy arrow and a and a heavy broadhead and a and a and a single bevel broadhead now would have it done that with a 400 grain arrow? I don't think so, but, um, I can't say, cause I didn't shoot it with four hundred grain arrow, but what I can say is things happen out there in the woods. You cannot have too much overkill. And then, um, you saw the difference in drops at 25. It's what five inches, five inches is easy to account for when you're shooting. Um, when, when you're shooting trad bows so at out to 25 you're talking a difference of five inches but you're talking a ton of difference in penetrating power and so <clears throat> when um j- just to preface a little bit about that shot i called that bull through uh, this jack pole thicket and he came right through it to me um he was raking on the other side i snuck up within about 10 yards of him and i it was about five yards by the time he came through the thicket at me. And he's coming straight on. I probably should have shot him straight on. That's a great shot for if you're close. Um, but I, I didn't because I was kind of stuck in the thicket. And I thought if I shot him straight on, he could probably come running straight through. And the shot was only at five yards by the time he came through that. So I waited for him to turn. and and the And, <laughs> and I should have let him turn and then get past me and shoot him as he was going away rather than as he was coming. But I did. I the minute I saw that first shoulder clear. I shot. Well, he was still clearing that as he turned and, and it's funny because, um, the arrow shot way far back and was at an angle that went to its back leg on the opposite side, broke the leg. The bull ran out, stopped about 50, I don't know, probably about a hundred yards from me. And you can see all this on, on YouTube. And I shot another shot at him at about, oh, 110 yards or so, and barely missed him. Made him run. You can see it in the video. Landed as right between his back legs. I was just trying to get another arrow in him because I made a bad shot. But, um, The difference here is the difference in that shot was the fact that I was shooting the equipment that I was shooting. Um, It probably went through. So it caught the back of the lung and then uh, liver and then went through all the paunch, and still broke the back pelvic bone on the opposite hip. That's that's a huge thing, man. That's huge. That's the reason that I was able to get that bull now some people i've been told you know guys are telling me that they're shooting these 400 grain arrows at 165 feet per second and um their momentum's super low i already stated that but they're saying they're doing it that way they could shoot out to 35 yards but the the numbers just don't match up 35 yards that arrow is dropping 36 inches so three foot three foot and then if you add you know because we zeroed it at 20 remember if you add that height the the highest spot that's another seven inches so you're talking almost four well just a little bit over three and a half feet is how much that arrow is going to drop and that's that's you know that's um that's hard to compensate for guys probably do it i mean you know people throw footballs people shoot three-pointers real well Guys do it, okay? But that is not normal. I just wanted to point this out. Guy, Just a normal guy picking up a stick bow isn't going to be able to compensate for that kind of stuff. So, what's that tell us? Well, it tells us keep your shots under 35 yards if you're going to be a stick bow shooter. Unless you're going to a sight system. I should say if you're a bow shooter. Unless you're going to a sight system. Because, you know, guys like Aaron... Um, and, and the guys that are shooting, um, I, I don't know if the push guys do or not. I, I know a lot of the guys that are shooting target type, um, shots like Aaron shooting his point on, he's shooting gap and, uh, those guys th- they're compensating for that with their, but that's a sighting system. That's another, um, whole nother thing than what I'm talking about here. And it's to get them an extended range of course but um at the same time man i i uh, you know i i don't think that that extended range is something that we really need to be um looking for in bow season i think if we need extended ranges we need to move to a different season um because the bow seasons are going to go away because of that so the better we get at this the more animals we kill the more seasons are going to take away from us um and, and and that just, I mean, and I, I know there's so many different things that go into that. And I know the politics of it. And I know all that. But in reality, that's what happens. So, I also printed off some other, some compound stuff here. And real fast, Tradbos. I've been told, and I, I don't know, I can't, I can't verify this because I've never seen it myself. And, and people are going to probably say, oh yeah, it happens all the time for me. I have never seen it, and and I think it's a lot of hoopla. Honestly, I, th- I think people aren't, I think people aren't um, shooting through a chronograph that's newer or something, or they're doing something goofy to get these numbers. But I've been told that guys are shooting. Some of these guys are shooting a f- you know, like a 500 grain arrow at 200 feet per second through Tradbow, and I, I just I, I don't. I I don't think that's even true, <laughs> but I guess if that's what they want to tell me, then I'll, I'll listen to them a little bit, I guess. But, uh, the momentum is, is good at that range. It's, you know, you're talking 14 to nine. It's a little bit less than than my setup, uh, momentum wise. Um, but it's, you know, it's right in there. So, A 500 grain arrow is a really good arrow for the faster speeds and a 550 is even better um as far as looking at your trajectories and things like that gauge um he shot a 550 grain arrow and you guys could see that video he shot it through a compound and he was shooting somewhere around probably 250 through that compound with a 550 grain arrow and uh it shoved it completely through that elk um which is, you know, something that's that happens quite a bit. But um, at the same time, it, it hit ribs going in and coming out. So it, it had a lot of oomph behind it. Let's put it that way. So if we're looking at this trad bow, um, and, and you guys could leave me some questions and comments on here, and I'll, I'll address them on a n- later podcast. But uh, if we're looking at this, at this trad bow that's shooting, you know, this is like super fast trad bow. Shooting a 500 grain arrow at 200 feet per second, um, and it's zeroed at at 20 just to keep everything you know stable and copacetic. The only it, it's a really a a real flat shooting arrow, and uh, the highest that it rises before 20 is is four and a half inches, and then at 25 it drops uh, five inches. So you're talking nine inch drop. And 9-inch drop at 25 shooting that setup. If you could get a, a bow to shoot like this, um, this is a pretty cool setup. I would run this setup all day long because you're you're shooting a really high momentum. Um, you're shooting it flat. But uh, if you look at it, it, it's it's really a cool setup. Now, when we turn and we go to um, 35, 35 yards, it drops two feet and then plus the four inches. So it's 28 inches. That's pretty easy to compensate for that would make a 35. If you could get a bow that shoots like this, you're probably going to have to pull like 75 pounds or something like that. Um, but that's a flat shooting bow that's carrying a ton of momentum. And, um, i imagine would just be a really good hunting setup especially for you mule deer hunters that that need you know a little bit extra or or an elk hunter that is uh in a place that's a lot less brushy than where we hunt um that's a pretty pretty bad system right there um so those are the three traditional bows and arrow setups that i i was going over Um, of course i'm only going off velocity of the arrow coming out of the bow. So that was another thing that people were talking about on Facebook because they were talking about, well, I shoot 31-inch draw, so it's faster. Well, that's not even a factor, okay, with what I'm doing here. That's not even a factor. Yes, it may shoot faster, but just give me the number of what it's shooting and we can figure out what the arrow drop is, okay? Does that make sense? So um, I don't care if you're shooting – a thirty-one inch arrow, if it if the arrow weighs the same as a twenty inch arrow, say I got a, a heavy insert and broadhead, and I'm shooting a twenty inch arrow, and you're shooting a thirty-one inch arrow, if they weigh exactly the same and we're shooting them exactly the same uh, feet per second, taking wind drag out of the situation and all that, um, they're gonna th- their numbers are gonna be exactly the same. So it doesn't matter. All it matters is how fast is coming out of the bow, and the weight. So That's how we're running these numbers. Now, let's look at a couple compounds. Um, These guys shooting 300 feet per second compounds um, at 450 grain arrows. That would be probably something that that I bet you there's a lot of those guys shooting this stuff out there. Um, Now I may be wrong. I've been out of the compound game for a long time, and I don't know. But. That just seems like a number that seems like it would be pretty comparable to what we're doing. Um, but I'll run it down. So if this, was, if this was zeroed at 20 yards, the, the most that this arrow raises or is high is two inches. But when you go out to 25 yards, it only drops two and a half inches. So you're talking a four inch difference there. And then, of course, if it's zero at 20, you're talking a two-and-a-half-inch difference. So you could you could screw that up at 25 yards. From zero to 25 yards, you could screw that up and do pretty good, right? I mean, you're going to be able to – so anything's pretty much dead within 25 yards. Um, now, when you start getting out to 35 yards with this setup, you're dropping 10 inches. So, you know – if you're <laughs> 10 inches still at, at 35 yards is is pretty much a dead animal, even if you screw that up a little bit. Um, say say you, you shoot a little bit low. People miss all the time at 35 yards, and you can see how they could. You know, if, if you're dropping 10 inches, you shoot right under the brisket if you're holding low. But, um, and I wish I could run these numbers a little bit further down the road. But at 40 yards, so you're talking – um, at 35, you're talking 10 inches at 40. You're talking 16 inches. So if we, if we ran that number out, my calculator didn't go that far cause I don't care about anything over 40 usually, but the guys that are shooting a hundred yards, they're still dropping a ton. And I, I realize they have sites to compensate for that, but those sites, when you're running those out to a hundred yards, um, yeah, there's guys out there that can shoot that real well, but most guys can't they got to realize the farther out you go that sight pin, uh, the more it moves, the farther off you are. Um, it's just the way that physics work. And so another thing is then if they do get that good at shooting out of those ranges now, now we're not having, we're not having to hunt. (laughs) We're not, we're just shooters. And, uh, you know, you're not breaking that 50 yard bubble. That 50 yard bubble is huge. You guys, I'm telling you what, it's easy to get within 50 yards of an elk. It's real easy. It's not so easy to get within 20 yards. Same with deer. Deer, it's dang near impossible unless you're in a tree stand, um, to get within that, those ranges. So here's a compound, a heavy compound. Now let's start, let's start looking at these five, uh, well, this is heavy in the compound world. A lot of guys, there's guys shooting heavier arrows nowadays, but, um, Let's say a guy's shooting a 500 grain arrow at 250 feet per second, which is pretty much what you're looking at. The momentum on these are crazy. So you're that other the the first compound you're talking 19 um, on the momentum, and on this compound you're talking 17.86, so almost 18, and that's shooting a 500 grain arrow at 250 yards or a 500 uh grain arrow at 250 feet per second and when you look at the zero distance on this um the the highest rise is about 2.9 inches and it's zero to 20 of course but you drop three inches at 25 so when you drop three inches at 25 um i mean you're still really within there that's why that's why i'm saying is uh you know, bow hunting is a 25 yard sport and people are going to argue with me all day about this until the advent of, or if you're shooting a really high bow, that's why professional bow Hunter society at one point, um, had a, a weight rating. You had to, to be able to enter the society. You had to be able to, you you hunted with a certain weight of bow. I think they've taken that away now, but, um, is because of this, you know, you saw that the 500 grain arrow of at 200 feet per second, you saw how that worked in the traditional bow world. That would be, that would be a phenomenal bow set up, right? Well, there were guys back in the day, um, a lot of the guys were shooting, you know, 75, 80 pound bows and they were doing it to get those numbers, those kind of numbers, um, because that allowed them to shoot uh, real accurately out to that 35 yard range. So I say traditional bow hunting with the way that I want to, that's it too, right? The way that I want to shoot it, Um, 25 yards is perfect. Um, So with that said, let's take a look at this compound out to 40. So out to 40, it drops 23 inches. So you're still, you know, really, really capable. Um, and, And then you add a pin into that. You're really capable with these bows out to, um, a long distance. And I think that's, that's really screwing with our sport, but one of sport, it's a lifestyle, it's not a sport, but one of the big things, one of the big takeaways I wanted to bring through this wasn't so much the compound stuff. Um, we could talk about that later and what it's doing to, um, our opportunities and what it's going to do to our bow seasons down the road. Um, we could talk about that, but, um, the big thing that I want to point out is the fact that us track guys, especially if unless you're shooting gaps, and and you're even if you are shooting gap, you know if if you're shooting gap, you, you almost have to shoot a, a lighter arrow to not make your gaps so far apart. So when you're when you're using your arrow as a sight or or however way you want to shoot, right? Some people put you know notches on their risers and people do a lot of things to, to shoot accurately at those longer distances, you're going to be into You're going to end up shooting a lighter arrow, um, to make those gaps tighter. I don't know that that's actually the best thing for, um, Western hunting for sure. And, um, I think that's a real good target thing. And I think there's a lot of that that goes on. But, um, if you, if you have to shoot, you know, and, and, I know people that shoot forty yards consistently because that's where their point on is. So they'll even back up to shoot. <laughs> uh, but if you're shooting instinctive, um, man, you're really limited to twenty five yards. I, I unless you're exceptional, and you can handle that excessive drop, I think you're limited to that twenty five yard range. If that doesn't sit well with you, um, you know, then. But I also think that we owe it. To the animals to shoot i mean, I mean even e- even that 400 grain arrow was dropping off a ton after 25 yards but i think we owe it to the animals if, if we're gonna if we're gonna shoot these bows and and we're gonna hunt i think we need to get the most momentum we could get um for those bad shots and, and people are going to argue this with me all day long but the numbers show that you, there's not much difference between arrow drop. I mean, yeah, it's the 12 inches, but when you're talking the difference between 48 inches and 56 or whatever, um, or, or, you know, that's a small amount compared to the overall drop. I I think I'm trying to, I'm trying to get across what I'm saying here. So why in the world wouldn't you not shoot a heavier arrow? That's, that's one of the major things that I want to get out of this. If you're, if you're, uh, uh, Instinctive hunter like I am, um, 25 yards is is probably your best distance because you could hold high on an animal and still put it right in the boiler room. But you're not dealing with those, you know, three-foot, four-foot drops. And don't get me wrong, there's guys out there that are doing it. There's guys that know that arrow well enough to know. But the next thing that I want to point out is the only way to get past that is to shoot some other method. And when we start doing that, we're starting to look towards these longer ranges and those longer ranges are take and, and and I'm making the statement as it is true. It's true. You can just look at anywhere that in the Western States, especially um, those longer ranges are limiting our access. So with that said, I I just wanted to kind of give you guys some numbers to think about how, uh, traditional bow hunting looks, how, um, instinctive traditional bow hunting looks and how, uh, your arrow setup um, changes the way that you shoot. So I know I'm going to get some comments on this. Leave me some comments, leave it, keep it civil though. I mean, we don't need to fight over this stuff. Um, and then let's talk about it. Let's, let's, Peel back this banana and let's talk about it. Now, if if all you do is shoot deer, um, you're not going to need all that momentum, you know. So a lot of those eastern guys get after me about this. But I'm telling you, a whitetail buck isn't the same as a bull elk. Um, you know, it, it's just not. So you, you probably don't need to run the momentum that, you know, um, maybe. It, but your trajectory isn't that more flat. It's not that much more flat. People want to think that they're picking up, you know, 10 yards, 12 yards. You're really not. So unless you're shooting a real heavy bow and shooting those speeds a little bit faster. So with that said, thanks for listening. Hopefully this didn't rile too many guys up. I just kind of want to get past some of the bro science that's out there. And, uh, Start thinking heavy about this stuff. You know, we're pretty passionate about this about the, this uh, lifestyle, and I think it's good to have these open communications. And I'm not trying to tear things down. Um, I just want to. I just want people to give it a good idea of what they're doing. So, thanks for listening. Until uh, next time, you guys shoot straight and uh, have a good bow season. Thanks for joining us for another installment of the Bearbow Hunter podcast. Remember, we couldn't even be talking about this stuff if it wasn't for our public land. So go and support the people that are protecting it, Backcountry Hunters and Anglers and TRCP. Also, if you'd like to see more of Bearbow Hunters, go to our Facebook group. Go to our Instagram at Bearbow Hunters. Like us and hashtag all of your photos with your Bearbow goodness in them. Bearbow Hunter. We have a website as well. You can go over there, check out the rest of the podcast. We have videos, we have t-shirts and hats. Thanks again. Until then, shoot straight.